In last week's episode, we took you inside the mind of a C-suite executive. This week, we're going into a much scarier place, the mind of a consultant. And it's not just any consultant, it's me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Resilient Journey podcast, sponsored by ClearRisk. I'm normally your host, Mark Hoffman, but this week, well, this week, I'm your guest, Mark Hoffman, and I'm joined by Resilience Think Tank co-founder Ashley Guzman, who is stepping in as guest host. In this episode, Ashley asks me about resilience, and we talk about the podcast, and a little later in the episode, I give some advice to anyone who wants to be a consultant. We also talk about an old-time radio show's influence on the resilient journey. So join us, won't you, right after this from Clear Risk. Navigating changes in the risk landscape can be daunting without access to the right tools. ClearRisk's centralized risk management solution streamlines the process of data collection and analysis, helping customers make impactful decisions and focus on big picture initiatives. ClearRisk provides a highly configurable, easy to use solution that gives our customers the confidence to inform decision-making and proactively optimize risk in their organizations. Effective risk management begins with data you can trust. Learn more at clearrisk.com. Hey, Mark, it's great to be talking to you today and exciting to be on this side of the mic for the Resilient uh, Journey podcast. So really excited to hear from you. So let's jump into it. All right, let's it's do always, it. All right. <laughs> it's always interesting to learn more about the person on the other side of the podcast, Mike. You've been in the business for many years. Can you tell us what got you started on your journey? Yeah, I think for me, it was um, a, a lot like what we hear from everybody else that we talk to, sort of fell into it. Um, some people that we talk to will tell us that they either fell into it or they were kind of shoved into it or had, uh, had resilience kind of thrust upon them. For me, I came from an IT background and I'm going to date myself here a little bit, but it goes back to uh, the whole Y2K thing and making sure systems would survive the turn of the century. And that was sort of my first taste of resilience and making sure things continued to work. And I really liked it. So coming out of that, uh, I said, I, I need to have more of this. So it wasn't necessarily an intentional uh, design to my career, but once I got a taste of it, it just clicked. I knew that this is what I was meant to do. And uh, so I needed to get more of it. And I started to real, really actively pursue it uh, more after that. Well, Mark, don't feel alone because um, I also got started with Y2K. So I didn't stay on the IT side, but I was on the contract side. So really interesting that we have that in common as well. So you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, good, good. <laughs> as you're entering your second year of the podcast, and congratulations on 2021. Thank you. The first year, I think you had some really excellent guests and inquiring minds want to know, what got you started with the podcast and what motivated you to launch it? So we go back a couple of years, I think, back to uh, 2019. I was working for a client and they had posted a position for a new director of business continuity management. And we had discussed it and I'm a consultant. I didn't want to take the full-time position. And so they said that was fine, but would I be interested in helping them interview candidates? 
And of course I would, because as a consultant, I had built this program and I wanted to make sure that whoever they hired, you know, was similarly minded and wouldn't come in and and uh, kind of undo all of the good work we had done over the previous years. So they had allocated for me 30 minutes of time to interview these candidates at the end of the interview. And for the for the good candidates, we ended up going way over time. We the the conversations got to be so interesting. We would talk for 45 minutes or an hour or sometimes even more. And the conversations were so enjoyable that I thought, you know what? I should do a podcast sometime because talking to my colleagues, I was learning things. Their conversations were interesting. And that's what put the sort of the bug in my mind to to do a podcast was the fact that I was having such good conversations with people from my industry that I thought, hey, if it's interesting to me, perhaps it might be interesting to other people. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I know I'm learning all the time when I get the chance to network, right, and talk more in depth with our colleagues. And I think some of the challenge in this field at times can be that many of us are a team of one or a very small team, maybe a senior person with a junior person. And that takes a lot of mentoring, which is great. But I know at times I've wanted to be able to work with others and really learn from them. And it's always exciting to hear what other people are doing at at different companies. Well, and I think that's part of the value of the Resilience Think Tank, which you and I are co-founders on. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you're right to say that so many times we're a team of one and we're isolated and it makes it difficult because a lot of times you'll have an idea of what you think you should do, but we need to get beyond the, oh, I don't know, apprehension of being afraid to ask other people for advice or what do you think I should do here? Or, or is this a good technique or is this a good strategy? And the more open we can be with each other and communicate, the more we can all learn. I absolutely agree. Um, and just to add to that, you know, I think one of the elements too is even if you are on a team like I am now, I'm still a team of one in many ways because I'm a subject matter expert in a specific area. So I'm still the person bringing forth ideas to the rest of the team and getting feedback. So I think regardless of whether you're truly a team of one or a small group um, or in a larger organization, you still end up being a subject matter expert, either with your team at large or with the, the customers and the clients you serve. Yeah, I agree. And that's one of the things I enjoy most about the podcast is in our day-to-day job as that team of one, we always have to be the subject matter expert. And when I sit down with somebody uh, for an interview, it's a relief. It's a delight that for once, I don't have to be the smartest person in the room on this topic. You know, I can learn from different people and um, that is a lot of fun for me. Yeah. And I think your your podcast really has shown that. So let us know what's your vision for the podcast for next year. And can you give us a preview of where you're going to take things in 2022. Yeah, there were some good things that happened in 2021. And when when I first started doing it, my vision was, I want to get some of those people to the microphone, right? I want to have those interesting conversations. I want to uh, learn from people. And I have, I mean, we've done, uh, we just released our 20th episode uh, this past week. Uh, This episode right here will be number 21. 
And, you know, in each case, I've learned something new. And I've been doing this for, you know, 22 years as a consultant in this industry. And the fact that I can learn something new from each episode really speaks to the quality of the, of the guests and the, the insights that they bring. Where do we want to take this? Well, we have some exciting things in store. We want to expand our content. We want to focus a little bit more on personal resilience, um, whether that's mental health or other areas of personal resilience, emergency management. We want to focus on that a little bit more. And so the vision is to be all things resilience, whether it's business continuity, crisis management, crisis communications, disaster recovery, cybersecurity, like I said, personal resilience, uh, diversity, equity, all of these things uh, are the topics that we want to cover as we go forward. I think that's great. And I think in there, you're really talking about resilience. And that was one of my uh, questions for you is what resilience means to you. And from what I'm hearing, you know, it's a, a broad swath, you know, it sounds like it covers everything from the specific areas of the field, whether it's business continuity, crisis management, disaster recovery. Um, and then obviously, and very importantly, especially in the times we're in personal resilience, do you want to add anything to that? I'm about to release an article through the Resilience Think Tank on what resilience means to me. So I don't want to give away too much of that, uh, but it's a personal story. It's a story of a personal crisis, if you will, and how I made it through it and how it made me more resilient as an individual. And then how I apply those same principles to what I do when I'm trying to make organizations more resilient. You know, we're all about lessons learned. Every time we go through something, we try to uh, do that post-mortem and identify what we did well and what we uh, could do better. And, and that's what I've done with my personal resilient journey. And uh, well, you have to read the article for, for the rest of the story. You know, as I said, you had some fabulous guests um, last year. Can you share with us what for yourself on the other side of the mic as you were interviewing them and talking to your guests? what you found to be the most significant insights? There are a lot. Um, and uh, I, I've been kind of thinking about that. And I, I did a, a best of 2021 episode. The, the <laughs> problem with a, a best of episode like that is I can't put in everything that resonated with me. Um, I wrote down a, a few things here that really kind of jumped out at me. And I'll start with your episode. Uh, you were one of the the, the first interviews that I had done. And, uh, you know, actually, I don't mind telling you that your work has made me better as a consultant. And so one of the things that you said in the, uh, in the episode was that a lot of times the work that we do, the documents that we produce, whether it's a BIA or a business continuity plan or whatever, just fail to resonate with the business. And then that kind of goes to something that James Green said on his interview with me, which was, you know, we talk about value, but what is value? You have to ask the business, the executives, um, the, the leadership team, your internal customers. Well, what does value mean to you? You know, it's, you know, we can talk about what we think is good, but if it doesn't meet the needs of the business, then it's not going to resonate. So that was something that really jumped out at me. We did a series on crisis communications 
where people like Diane Chase said to me, nothing good comes from poor communications. I love that. And then something happened in the podcast that I didn't expect and I'm thrilled about. And I and this is kind of goes back to your vision uh, statement uh, as to where we want to take it. Because we started to explore the softer skills side of the profession. I did a two-part series with Vince Davis, which was so important and really affected me. And we talked about racial inequity in our profession. And he said, we have to ask ourselves every day, what am I doing to either eradicate or promote racism? And we need to ask ourselves that question every day. And then I had a a great conversation with Rena Singh about gender pay gaps and uh, the inequity in our profession between genders. And so, you know what? It's one thing to have these conversations, but you know, as resilience professionals, if we were to go out and do a business impact uh, analysis or some kind of a risk assessment, and we find a gap, we don't just go, huh, well, that's interesting, and then walk away from it. We do something about it. We build a plan to mitigate whatever that risk is. Well, I think it's time to have these conversations, but to do something about them too when we find out uh, there's a problem. And so the podcast to me took on a whole new level of importance when we started talking about things like diversity and inclusion and, and inequity. And then we ended the year by talking to Luke Bird about mental health. And it was fascinating to me. And it kind of goes back to something that Rena said too. And she said, we all face challenges. And, you know, you and I are sitting here today and I have no idea what your day has been like up until now, what's going on behind the scenes in your life. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes in my life. And we all face these challenges. So I want to do more this year on mental health. And I'd like to take a deep dive and I have some guests in mind. Thanks, Mark. And I know 2022 is going to be just as interesting if 2021 was any indication. So I'm excited to listen in myself as the year goes forward. But I wanted to touch on another piece, you know, resilience as a term almost feels like a buzzword right now in our field, Um, though I think there are those of us and I think we'd count ourselves among that considering what we're doing on the think tank and, and the name of your podcast that we feel like resilience is the direction or the way to go. So just wanted to hear from you, what do you think about resilience as it relates to our field and why you think it's important? You know, it's interesting. There's this big debate going on right now. Is operational resilience the same thing as business continuity? And you're right. Resilience as a term right now is the buzzword. Um, I know because I'm using the heck out of it in all of my clients. And uh, I just finished uh, drafting a presentation that goes to a management team next week that talks about transitioning from a business continuity management program to a resilience program. And so, well, what does that mean? What are we getting at by saying that? And for me, the approach is to be intentionally resilient or resilient by design to shift the idea of resilience to being more intentional, to being more proactive than being reactive. So in other words, I would rather have a more resilient approach to doing business 
so that I never have to execute my business continuity plan rather than taking my chances and having a disruptive event come in and then I have to execute a plan to recover. So it's it's the idea of identifying gaps in our resilience and then making a remediation plan to close those gaps, be intentionally resilient so that our normal day-to-day operations can handle whatever bumps that we might go over. I think that's great. And I think it's important to acknowledge um, that we're really, I think, on the forefront of bringing that across the industry. And those of us who are talking about resilience, it is a different way to think about things. You know, I know there are organizations and firms that are still just integrating risk um, into their lexicon. So I think it'll be you know, important for those of us who are thinking about that whole organization to continue to share those ideas as well. Well, hey, Mark, you're very well known in the industry as a consultant, and you mentioned that already so far. But do you have any advice for people who are thinking about either shifting or getting into the work as a consultant? And do you have any advice for them if they're starting to begin that process? Yeah, this episode sort of fits in on a little two-part series that we're doing on advancing your career. And one of the ways that people can choose to advance their career is by moving uh, out of sort of the employment role and into the consulting role. For me, it, it happened for me out of necessity. And again, let's go back to that, what does resilience mean to me article that's coming out through the think tank. But, uh, I needed to move to consulting because I needed to um, increase the revenue that was coming into my household. Um, And for me, consulting was the best way, the fastest way to do that. There are a bunch of different ways to kind of getting into the whole consulting uh, arena. And there's not a one-size-fits-all approach here. It kind of goes back to your own personal uh, risk tolerance and your own personal risk capabilities for example, I was speaking with someone the other day who, you know, their uh, wife is a C-suite executive. And so this freed this person up to be able to take a little bit more risk when it came to consulting engagements because they had that safety net built in. For me, when I was moving into being, being a consultant, I didn't have a safety net. Uh, so I needed to really hustle and, and try to, to do whatever I could do in order to uh, generate that revenue. And early on, you know, it was, it was tough. Uh, but probably the best way to get into it, unless you're really, really established in the industry, uh, would be to try to find either a staffing company or a consulting company and go work for them either as a contractor or as their employee so that you can get a feel for what consulting is all about. Uh, My approach to consulting, I learned this from a couple of guys I worked with uh, back in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Ted and Tom Wolf, two brothers who started a company. And uh, their philosophy for consulting was, the answer is yes, what's your question? And like, we will just, you need it done. I will either do it myself or find someone who can do it for you. And it's such Uh, an interesting business model, as opposed to a a large service organization that I spent five years working for as a consultant, whose approach seemed to be, this is our product. If you don't want it, you're wrong. 
right? <laughs> and a so very different approach. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different approach. And um, so my approach to it has been, and it's always been very successful for me. And this will be sort of the nugget when it comes to being a successful consultant. Under promise and over deliver at the end of each engagement, make sure that you have demonstrated value in the work that you have been given and give them recommendations for next steps to make it better. Because I don't care who you are, what company you're working for, there will always be gaps and there's always ways to make things better. What that has done for me, it is time after time after time after time, led companies to say, we love this approach. Please come back again next year and continue the development. And so um, you're demonstrating value. You're giving them a roadmap moving forward. And, um, and they're eager to bring you back. It just builds relationships. Another thing I'd like to talk about is rate. I, I think my rate, my bill rate is probably has historically been lower uh, than it probably should have been. Um, but for me, the approach was to build that relationship with the customer and let them see value. Now, if I'm honest, some of that lower rate, particularly earlier in my career, came from a lack of self-confidence. Um, so, I mean, don't be afraid to charge a fair market rate um, and don't let customers take advantage of you. But don't feel like you have to hit a home run with every project. Uh, my approach to rates uh, typically is um, it might get discounted a little bit if it's a long-term engagement. Like, for example, if I have, um, you know, a thousand or fifteen hundred hours a year for a customer and we do that year over year, that rate's going to be discounted a little bit uh, compared to a project that might just be a hundred or two hundred hours. Uh, that rate's going to, uh, you know, the hourly rate's going to be a little bit higher for that. Um, and, you know, whatever it turns out to be, uh, I just always strive to be fair and to make sure that my work is providing, um, you know, a good value to the customer. That's really important. I think that's great, especially, you know, how to end things or to show that value, because I know oftentimes being on the other side, just leaving the engagement and saying that person really didn't get us or really didn't understand what our needs were. So I think that's so important. Right. Well, hey, it's been great to interview you. And, uh, you know, I urge listeners to catch up on 2021 podcasts of yours if they haven't already. And then I know I want everyone to stay tuned for 2022. Where can people catch your podcast today? Pretty much anywhere they listen to podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. And let me say this, if you listen to podcasts on some channel or somewhere and you can't find us there, let me know because I do want to expand that distribution. We're going to be doing some additional sharing techniques in 2022. I'm not quite ready to announce that yet. Um, but uh, And then I'm always sharing them on LinkedIn as well. Great. Well, let's get you out of here on this. The last question. If people want to reach out to you, how can they do that? You're using my words against me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I appreciate that. I think that's that's fun. So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm all over LinkedIn. You can find me there. Um, we'll put the the link in the show notes, um, which is weird to say about myself. And uh, I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I'll put that link uh, out there as well. Um, 
And I, there's one other thing that I want to say, because I want to, I want to give credit to an old time radio program that I listen to sometimes on this podcast that I listen to. And the radio program is called Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. And uh, the guy's an insurance investigator, and there's always some kind of nefarious activity going on. And it's, it's old time radio, and they're half hour episodes or whatever. And uh, my favorite episodes was from a guy called Bob Bailey. He was the, uh, he was the actor uh, who played Johnny Dollar. And at the end of every episode, he talked about what was coming in the next week's episode. And his tagline at the end of that was, join us, won't you? And so at the end of every single one of my Resilient Journey podcast, I talk about what's coming next week. And I always include, join us, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey. And that's in honor of Bob Bailey and, and that radio program from 60 years ago and uh, or even longer. So um, I've never told that to anyone, but that's, that's why I do that, too. Thanks for sharing that. Well, it's great. Podcasting is really just another evolution, right? In that old radio format. So, yep. Yep. Ashley, thanks for being the guest host today. You're welcome. I was humbled to be here. It was fun. I want to thank Ashley Guzman for agreeing to be my guest host today and to take us into the mind of a consultant. It was fun being on the other side of the mic. I want to take a minute and give a special shout out to Clear Risk. We're on the verge of launching our business continuity module with Clear Risk, so pay attention in the weeks ahead to learn more about this special announcement. Next week, we begin a special series that I'm excited about as we explore the relationship between risk and resilience within your organization. So join us, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey.